Starring Lee Marvin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. I am your host, Scott White, and what are we looking at this time? We are looking at the TV show M-Squad from the 50s, and we are looking at an episode called The Fight. This was episode 30 of season one. Remember when TV seasons went over 30 episodes? Well, this one did, and this one stars Charles Bronson as a boxer. And those of you who are not familiar with the TV show M-Squad, it was a police film noir TV show of the late 50s starring Lee Marvin. Aspects of the show were used in Police Squad and then the Naked Gun movies starring Leslie Nielsen. So some of the stuff from those TV shows and movies were taken from M-Squad. We started off, we're at a boxing fight, and Bronson's in the ring with this other guy. And all of the M-Squad episodes have voiceovers by Lee Marvin throughout the TV show. And it starts off talking about um, Charles Bronson's character, Eddie Loader. And it this seems like Charles Bronson must have gotten into the entertainment business, the acting business late in life, because it does seems like all of his roles... It's weird with Charles Bronson. It seems like all of his roles, he should be past his prime. But he pulls it off. Because he's a boxer here in his mid... 30s, and he's on the rise in his mid-30s. Here's what Lee Marvin had to say. Eddie Loader was generally conceded to be the coming middleweight champ. He fought with the self-confidence of a well-trained man. I always knew him to be fair and decent. Eddie was just coming up at an age when most fighters have already seen the other side of the hill. He was a big draw, but he wasn't light. The crowd came to boo Eddie, hoping to see some of the self-confidence belted out of him. So even though he's up in age for a fighter, he's doing well for himself. And Charles Bronson knocks out his opponent. We go to the locker room and he's getting a rub down. And then the other fighter's manager comes in and says that his fighter's dead. Bronson killed him in the ring. And the trainer pulls a gun out. And Charles Bronson team tackles him and, and just gets him out of there. When you were dealing with TV shows in the 50s, it seems like everybody had a gun. Uh, we're in uh, the captain of the M Squad's uh, office. Lee Marvin is there. The trainer is there. Charles Bronson is there with his manager. And the autopsy report says... You're way off base, Charlie. The autopsy report says Sonny Foss' death was unavoidable. Unavoidable? <laughs> Don't give me that. He beat him to death. It's trying to lose you. I'll read the report and I quote... The boy died of a dislodged blood clot. The beating had nothing to do with it. Which means it could have either gotten him from stepping off a curb or skipping rope and training. I don't care what that report says. I've watched Loader's face when he fights. He's got the look of a killer. To win, yeah, that's all that matters to him and Mel Harmon. How they don't care. That's a lot of nonsense. He fights clean. Yeah, that's the way I've always known him. Thanks, Frank. And then the manager says... Basically that he's going to get Charles Bronson. He never forgets. Later in the show, he says, there's two things I never forget. My mother's birthday and what Charles Bronson did to his fighter. And Charles Bronson refuses to press charges. The guy was out of his head. Even though he now twice has threatened him, once with a gun and then once in front of the police, he's still not going to press charges. 
Then we go to a training montage. And I'm going to say this, even though Bronson in his mid 30 Bronson looks good. He looks fit. He looks like a fighter. One of the reasons he pulls off this role is he does look like a fighter. He's fit. He's in shape. He looks good. And now the papers are calling him a killer. Papers are calling him a killer. He doesn't like that. And he's with his wife. He's with his estranged wife, we find out later. But he's in his apartment, he's talking to his wife, he's reading the papers, and he's just upset that the papers are calling him killer. I never killed anybody. I just don't hit that way. You know, people look at me now like, like I was just out of Joliet. Greta, I don't like being called killer. Then why don't we go back, Eddie? Oh, now don't start that. We get the typical trope in this TV show where the wife does not want him to fight. She loves him, but she can't stand him getting beaten up in the ring. But for the most part, from what I've seen, from what they say in this, that Bronson is undefeated. He's like 38-0 with 35 knockouts. It's, looks like, it sounds like he's not getting beat up that much. It sounds like he's not taking a lot of damage in the ring if he's that good of a fighter. But she doesn't want him to fight. And she came back to him. So she was she left him before this fight. And once she found out that the, the other boxer died in the ring, she came back to him. So she's back. But however, she's just back for this fight. She's making that perfectly clear to him. Charles Bronson's trainer comes in and he's carrying a box of chocolates. The trainer is like, what are you doing? Are you messing up on your training? And Charles Bronson's like, no, I know I'm in training. The trainer gives one of the chocolates to their dog to Charles Bronson and his wife's dog. And the dog dies. It's proven that there was poison in the chocolate. However, I do believe that chocolate can kill dogs anyway. Note from the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast, never feed your dog chocolate. They did an autopsy on the, on the dog. They did a dog autopsy and they checked out the chocolate and there were poison in the chocolate. And there was a note slipped under the door saying, I'm going to get you. So now it's established that somebody is out to get Charles Bronson. And basically everybody thinks it's the trainer of the other fighter who died in the ring. He's out to get him. And nobody can figure out how the chocolate got in the apartment. The doors were locked. Nobody remembers buying it. Nobody remembers bringing it into the apartment. We cut to the gym. And now we see Charles Bronson training. But now we see him. He's not right. He's training poorly because he's got all this stuff on his mind that somebody is out to get him. And you can see, and it's a nice scene where Charles Bronson is hitting the heavy bag and his manager and his trainer are like, well, what's the matter? And, and Lee Marvin shows up. And so now it's established that all this is getting to him. Charles Bronson and his trainer and his manager, they all go into the locker room. Lee Marvin steps over to the, uh, to the manager of the dead boxer. He's got a new kid now. And they talk it out. Then all of a sudden, the trainer runs out to Lee Marvin. There's a bomb in the locker. There's a bomb in Charles Bronson's locker. They rush back in. There's a bomb in Charles Bronson's locker. And Lee Marvin gets everybody out of the locker room. He gets everybody out of the building. And usually in this point, they call the bomb squad. But at this point, Lee Marvin puts on the bomb uniform. And he's the one who helps dispose of a bomb. Is he a bomb expert? He says that he's done it before. I don't think that's his specialty the police force should have a specialist that deals in bombs not just somebody who does it part-time they get the bomb out of the building we're back to the captain's office at m squad and the bomb was real however it was wired wrong 
So it could have gone off, but it would never have gone off because of the wiring of the bomb. And what next? We get what I like to call the phone call exposition. We get this a lot in TV shows where somebody gets a phone call and then they repeat the phone call back to the person in the room. And that's what happens here. Lee Marvin gets a phone call stating that Charles Bronson's wife started divorcing him before his last fight and now is back with him. So now this is something Lee Marvin has to check out. And Lee Marvin goes and talks to Charles Bronson's wife and says that she just can't stand it. She just can't, she can't stand him in the boxing ring. And she's just here for just one more fight. And during this conversation, she opens a window. Charles Bronson comes in with his trainer, with his manager. Charles Bronson has a new note that he wants to show to Lee Marvin. And, he, and during all this time, during all this time, Charles Bronson's manager thinks it's a prank. It's a prank. Poison and a bomb are pranks. I don't know. How could poison be a prank? Maybe the poison maybe there wasn't enough poison in the candy to kill a human being. Maybe it just killed a dog. I don't know. But there was a live bomb. Even though it was wired wrong, it was a live bomb. So these things seem like they're going over the top for just a prank. And we're sort of setting up the manager. He keeps dismissing everything as, well, this is a prank and that's a prank. He's in no real danger. Everybody goes their separate ways in the apartment for one. And all of a sudden we, we hear some glass shatter. Somebody break a window in here? I heard a crash. Hey, this is a bullet. Yeah, it is. I didn't hear no shot. Eddie, you were standing right here a second ago. Yeah. Hey, who opened that window? Eddie, what is it? What's the matter? Somebody just took a shot at Eddie. Is you all right? Yeah. Look, don't anybody go near that window. I'll get this bullet down. The ballistics in the meantime, I'll get some people up there. And everybody runs in, there's a bullet. A bullet hit a picture on the wall. And everybody picks up and handles this bullet. This is the 1950s. This is before all forensics. So everybody is just touching this bullet that came out of nowhere, apparently. Charles Bronson's wife runs up and hugs him. She seems genuinely concerned for his welfare. We get back to M Squad. Once again, they're checking out the manager of the dead fighter. But he was in Kansas City. He was in Kansas City with his new fighter. So he's off the hook. Once again, we get the phone call. The lab says that the bullet was not fired by a gun. There were scrape marks on it, but it was not fired by a gun. And Lee Marvin is kicking around. Well, maybe it was from a slingshot? Okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. Lee Marvin talks again to his manager. Once again, his manager thinks it's a prank. And then Lee Marvin goes and talks to Charles Bronson's wife and asks her, why did you open that window when it wasn't hot? So now we've got two suspects in this. We've got the manager and we've got Charles Bronson's wife. Are they both in on it or only one in on it? We don't know at this point, but we're setting up all the suspects. And we find out because Lee Marvin thinks the wife may have done it because she wants Charles Bronson out of the fight business. And maybe she's trying to scare him out of the fight business. Could she really wire a bomb to not go off? Not saying that she can't, but there's no evidence that she knows anything about explosives or anything like that. We're back at M-Squad. 
and we find out that the manager is trying to lay money on Bronson's opponent for his next fight. This guy is an underdog compared to Bronson. And his manager, according to Lee Marvin's sources, are trying to lay down large bets on his opponent. So now we have the reason for the manager trying to freak out Charles Bronson. He's trying to make a killing by betting against Charles Bronson. And during all this time, Lee Marvin, he's flipping a quarter in his hand, and he sees his picture on the wall, and he just whips the quarter at the picture. What are you doing? You know, any harder, I could have broken that glass. What? That bullet could have been thrown at the picture. Oh, Frank, stop it. Now, Harmon was in the kitchen. Sam would have seen him. Yeah, but would he have seen Greta? Not if she was in the bedroom. That's right where she was. I don't want to say this. Lee Marvin is one of the coolest people in the world. Or was one of the coolest people in the world. And he's really cool as Frank Ballinger. He's tough when he needs to be. He's funny when he needs to be. He's laid back when he needs to be. And I've always said, I believed in movies that Peter Cushing had the best widow's peak ever. I'm taking that back. Lee Marvin in M-Squad had the best widow's peak ever. If I was going to lose my hair like that, that's how I'd want to do it. Bam! And Lee Marvin says to the captain, I have an idea. And this is another detective trope. I have an idea. Well, can you tell me what it is? Not yet. So something's cooking in Lee Marvin's brain. Now we cut to fight night. And this is the 1950s. Boxing in the 1950s was huge. It is nothing like it is today, where it barely registers. Boxing in the 50s was a huge, huge event. Boxing in the 50s is like football now. Everybody watched it. Everybody was involved in it. Everybody was making money with it. And we see Lee Marvin walking to Charles Bronson's dressing room, and Charles Bronson's wife is in the tunnel. She never watches him fight. She's always down in the tunnel. Maybe if she watched him fight, she would know that he's a pretty good fighter and he can take care of himself. Maybe. You know, that might help things in their relationship. We have a discussion between the trainer and the manager and Bronson and Marvin. They all head up to the boxing ring and Charles Bronson gives his wife a, a kiss on the way up. And then we get into the boxing montage. Round one, round two, round three. Bronson's head is not in the fight. Bronson said he's getting he's getting the snot kicked out of him. It starts off slow, but once again, Charles Bronson looks like a fighter. And the scenes where Charles Bronson is getting pummeled by his opponent, they look real and they look good. And this is the 1950s. So they staged that really, really well. It looked really, really good for a, for a fight in the 50s. And Charles Bronson just gets knocked down. And everybody's like, stay down, stay down. And I've mentioned before that Police Squad has lifted from M-Squad. And Police Squad, I believe, lifted from this episode because there is an episode of Police Squad where a fighter keeps, everybody keeps yelling a fighter to stay down. It's not the, it's not the same. Uh, the fighter is being told to take a dive it's kind of different, but I believe the kernel of the idea is here in this episode. Lee Marvin sees his trainer do something screwy with uh, Charles Bronson's water bottle. Runs up to him, you know, and he tackles him and he tells his police, you know, take this guy into the dressing room. And Charles Bronson is, he's got to go back into the ring and Lee Marvin tells him, you're good. 
Well, this is what this is what happens here. What are they going to shoot? Nobody's going to shoot when you get that through your head. Frank, let him alone. Eddie, we got the guy who did it. We got him. Nobody's going to hurt you now. And while Bronson is fighting upstairs, Lee Marvin comes downstairs and he tells the trainer, Hey, hey, you know, why don't you take a drink out of this bottle? Take this drink. He's, yeah, sure, sure, Frank, I'll do that. And, but he, he did something wacky to the water. He laced it because it was him. The trainer was using the manager's name to try to get bets down. So that's why the manager's name was being floated around. The manager wasn't betting against Charles Bronson, but the trainer was betting against Charles Bronson. The other fighter was an underdog. He put a thousand dollars on the underdog, and he had a he had the chance to make three thousand dollars. I don't know what three thousand dollars was back in 1957, 1958, but it was enough for him. And I'm just gonna go back to this: the pranks, the poison, the bomb. This guy went all out to get his $3,000. And where would you get bomb parts? It, uh, if, he, if he wants to make it, it sounds like he's spending more money to have these elaborate pranks to get into Bronson's head than he would have made. If, anyway, the trainer gets taken off to jail. Bronson wins the fight. We find out that Bronson goes on. He, he wins his next couple of fights and... Then he retires and he owns a chain of sporting goods stores now. That's the end. That was uh, M-Squad, Season 1, Episode 30, The Fight, starring Lee Marvin and Charles Bronson. It was really great. This was the first time that Lee Marvin and Charles Bronson were paired together. They're paired together again in The Dirty Dozen and then once again in Death Hunt. But they work well off of each other. There's a nice chemistry. There's a nice tough guy chemistry between them. And Lee Marvin started off as a bigger star than Charles Bronson, and then it shifted where Charles Bronson became a bigger star than Lee Marvin. And from what I've gathered is Charles Bronson and Lee Marvin were, were two totally different people. Lee Marvin, he liked to go out, he liked to party, he liked to smoke, and Charles Bronson, for most of his life, was a health nut, liked to keep in shape. But they were friends, and they work well in the movies, and Charles Bronson is... You believe him as a fighter, even though he might be a little too old to be playing this fighter. You believe him as a fighter in this movie. And M-Squad itself is a very, very nice TV show. It's, it, it, it captures the police film noir perfectly. And Lee Marvin is perfect in the role as uh, Frank Ballinger. I don't, at one time, these episodes were on YouTube. If not, if you can find the box set of M-Squad, I would just pick it up. And it's just hours and hours of, of good watching. And that's it. This is a short episode. It was only a half-hour uh, TV show that I'm reviewing this time. But it was a short episode, but it was a fun episode. And it's always fun to talk to you, my fans, here at the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. If you want to support this podcast or anything that I'm doing, you can go to my Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Scott White. And if you'll find out what I'm doing, you can go to my website, scottyblanco.com. And all that being said, I'll see you next time here at the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson Podcast. Eddie went on to win the championship and then retired because he couldn't give up Greta. He's running a chain of sporting goods stores now, and Sam is still in prison. Mel Harmon said that I won the fight that night, but I wasn't the man in the ring. My fight is with people like Sam. 
and it always will be.